Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Matt D. Fothery, Lee Boyd, and Rob Beller. Hey, Podcast World. Welcome to another, I guarantee you, enthralling edition of FNO InsureTech. I am your co-host, also known as the cute one, Rob Beller. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Lee Boyd, the other co-host, also known as the, the smart one. one. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNO InsureTech today. You're known as the smart one. Well, that's what you've said. Nobody else says that. No, no, pretty much not. I tried. I'm, I'm, I'm real. I've been trying hard to sell that identity for you. Well, thank you. That's nice of you. Mm-hmm. I'll th- I, here's a word. So if for I'm you. the smart one, what does that make you? I said I'm the cute one. Oh, we're not. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're all just telling jokes today, aren't mm-hmm. we? <laughs> <laughs> we're here to give you another amazing episode of our podcast. That's right. We're here today to talk about a company that is super interesting. And we've already had, we've already actually done the interview. We do this part after the interview. And I have to say, this was one of those interviews that going in, we're like, how excited are we? But afterwards, we're like super excited to have on Patrick Quigley, from near map. Yeah. I mean, he was a delight. You're, you're in for a treat. Uh, I wasn't real sure what, what near map did. I had a good idea, but I didn't know how connected in, into the insure tech world they are, uh, and, and how they really influence insurance decisions, uh, throughout our industry. I mean, we're going to get to talk to him about a little bit about the history, uh, and then we're going to get to talk about you know, why he joined NearMap and kind of some of his history. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. Right. And NearMap is an Australian company that has operations here in the United States as well. And that's where Patrick is focused, is on the U.S. market and primarily on the insurance market. And you might be saying, well, gosh, I don't know what NearMap is or what the heck they do or why are they on? Well, that's why we do the podcast. That's right. That's why we're here. So I know that most of you probably are listening just to hear Lee and I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. But we want to encourage you to stay tuned for what's coming up in literally seconds, our interview with Patrick Quigley, Executive Vice President and General Manager in the U.S. for NearMap. Hey, everybody. We are here with our guest, our special guest, who works for a company from Australia, but is not Australian, even though he has a name that would make you think he is Australian. We have Patrick Quigley from a company down under. That's right. Quigley, not from down under. Patrick, welcome to our show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yes, I do get uh, quite a few jokes in terms of working for an Australian company with the name of Quigley. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us your title and your job at NearMap. 
Yes, I'm the executive vice president and general manager over our insurance practice. I'm responsible for all things insurance across the ecosystem here in uh, North America. And I've been uh, with NearMap just coming about five years, which is not too long ago when we came to the States. So uh, that is my current uh, remit. I saw something that said that NearMap was founded like in the 90s. Is that correct? Yeah, the company's actually been around about 13 years. You know, the technology was developed in Perth, Australia. And if you were to core through the center of the earth, very close to Cincinnati, you would actually be off the coast of Perth about 100 miles. So uh, when I went to visit Perth to see where it all started a few years ago, I think I was the furthest away from my house I could physically be on earth. Yes, but we were founded in Australia about 13 years ago. That's a cool fact. Maybe they'll build a tunnel (laughs) for you that connects the two places. Yeah, Nina, I think I need a heat suit to go go with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit of help there. We can reach out to Elon Musk and see if that's something that's on his uh, well, roadmap. You know what? If, if there's a guy to do it, he would probably be the guy to do it. So, uh, no, but it's, uh, it is a fun fact. Yeah, no, Nearmap has been in business for quite some time doing what we do. It's a fun place to work. Why don't you take us down that road? What is Nearmap? What do you do? Give us a little highlight on what Nearmap is. Yeah, great question to start. You know, at its core, Nearmap is a technology and innovation company. And the technology innovation that we have allows us to capture large areas of the Earth's surface from a data standpoint at very high resolution and at very frequent timing so that we can provide all of that data in the cloud out to our users and constituents. So we are basically collecting ground truth with uh, manned aerial aircraft, and we are providing that information and data back to the insurance space and all the ecosystem that uh, supports it. So at the core of it, we uh, take a lot of pictures is, I guess, how, uh, how you could you know, sum it up. Did you just use the term ground truth? Yes, I did. Can you define that? Because we are taking very high resolution image collection of the ground surface, we can actually tell you what's going on on the surface at that point in time. So let's take, for instance, you know, a property during the COVID times, you decided because you're spending more time at home, you'd actually put a pool in. So with a a major metro, we'll, we'll fly over that three times a year. So we can monitor that change and we can, you know, update our customers in terms of, hey, there's now a pool in the backyard. So that truth on the ground of saying, hey, I can visually see or I can automatically detect through AI that there's a pool there. That is where you support the truth on the ground. Sure, because you couldn't use AI because you couldn't possibly put eyes on every image all over the world, but the AI, I assume, helps you identify what has changed. Well, it it really all depends on where you are in the uh, insurance life cycle. So quite a few of our customers do rely on that visual inspection of that imagery. You know, maybe they're, you know, uh, right at the point where they're binding a quote. And especially during these COVID times, you know, making it out to do physical inspections on all these properties 
you know, it's become a real challenge. So being able to do that virtually and being able to use your eyes to inspect that property has been a, you know, real strengthening of a use case, you know, especially over the past months. But as you said, part of also what we and our ecosystem partners are doing is extracting meaning out of that data. So for instance, extracting that there is actually a pool on the property. So we see use cases on both sides. So NearMap is able to to run AI on these photos, but is NearMap actually taking these photos? Are they actually capturing this data? Yes, that is our core competency. We, we collect that data ourselves. So we have patented uh, technology, which is really highly sophisticated camera systems that allow us to capture you know, not only the straight down imagery, but all the cardinal directions. And because of the overlap within the imagery that we're taking, we can also rebuild that into very, very high resolution 3D representations of that surface. So together with both of that, we are delivering all that content through the cloud. So yeah, at the core of it, we're collecting that content that's across multiple, you know, multiple versions And then that content is used to feed not only visualization models, for instance, we have a technology called Map Browser, or you can feed it into AI that we do ourselves, but we also have a very large ecosystem of AI partners that leverage our data to provide service to the uh, insurance space. Is insurance your largest space? Is that your only customer or are there other channels using this data? Yeah, that's a great question. In the U.S., the insurance space does happen to be our largest vertical, but we're very, in terms of, we're very diversified in terms of the customer set because our number one use case is actually replacing on-site visits. We replace a lot of trips up onto a roof, for instance. So not only are we involved in the insurance space, but you could see applications for this and you know, the architecture, construction, or engineering space, the roofing space, solar, you know, autonomous driving. So it has a very broad use case, obviously local government in terms of doing urban planning and things like that. So because we are regularly capturing that earth surface, there's a lot of use cases and a lot of industries that rely on NearMap. I think we're up to close to 14,000 customers across the globe. And is that what makes you special as opposed to saying, oh, well, I'll just go to Google Earth or Google Maps, is the frequency with which you're capturing the images, which makes your data far more dynamic? Yes, it's a combination of that frequency along with the resolution. And that's kind of our secret sauce in terms of our technology that allows us to do that in a cost-effective and efficient way that we can pass on to our customers. But let me just give you an example. So in the U.S., We are regularly capturing, over the U.S. and Canada, we're regularly capturing around 90 million commercial and residential parcels. We're capturing those at least once a year. And the larger metros, for instance, a Chicago or a Miami or a Dallas or Denver, we're flying those areas three times a year. And all of it is at a consistent high resolution of what in the industry is sub three inch. What that really means in layman's term is you can see, okay, is this a shingle roof versus a metal roof? 
You know, is there a pool? Can I do measurements on this data? So by providing that coverage, that is very unique to us because uh, we're just on a call today with a carrier and they had provided their PIF to us. And we not only covered about 85% of their policies in force, in addition to that, we had captured those images or those PIFs around 14 times because we started collecting back in uh, 2014. So it's not only that current image, but that rich history that allows you to be a witness of what went on in that property, which is very valuable across the insurance lifecycle. Yeah, I think the history is so important. I remember as I was a, an adjuster for a, a hurricane one time, I had a claim who said, yes, my carports were damaged by the hurricane. And I looked and said, well, I don't see any carports. They say, well, we clean them up already. Uh, and I was able to find some photos of a prior date before the storm showing those things were already gone. I think that the history is so important. Now, are y'all able to use the, the historical photos in AI to show us what has changed? For example, there was wind damage on a roof, but there was not wind damage prior? Absolutely. So that history is really a key differentiator in terms of what we do. So again, we've been collecting since 2014 in the U.S., you know, 13 years in Australia. And because you have that rich history, the use case that you just described is right on. We flew the post-storm coverage. Uh, it, it happened over uh, Thanksgiving weekend. There was a tornado that uh, took place in Arlington and... Uh, we went in and we captured that. It was online within a day for our customers. But those customers had 14 captures of that same affected area going back in time. So from a claim standpoint, being able to serve those customers in need very quickly or prioritize resources of where to go. So if there was a total loss versus something more complex, you know, that really helps our customers in terms of not only having that, you know, most recent capture in terms of the pre-imagery, but also the full history along with what we capture post-cat. So that's a very common use case. I want to ask you about adjusting a claim because we're obviously claim adjusters. And I'm sure that there's people who are looking at this and say, I wonder if I can adjust a claim with that. Is there a use case there? Absolutely. Because, you know, because we have that historic imagery along with, you know, what was right before a storm in addition to the storm itself, you know, there's been plenty of times where you can go in and you can look at that roof and you can say, you know what, you know, I have uh, evidence here that, you know, three months before the storm, there was already missing shingles on the back of the house. Uh -huh. And although they're still there after the Category 2 storm came through, that loss in terms of the shingles were there. So it provides a very objective way to have that conversation. And, and the uniqueness of what we do in terms of, like I said, in the largest metro areas, we're collecting three times a year or a small area like Scranton, Pennsylvania, we're collecting once. You know, having that full history, but all the different types of data allow the uh, the insurer and the claims department to really do things differently. 
When you have a big storm somewhere populated, like in a Houston, for example, do you try to get out there like within days? As you know, days, that's great, but we try to compress that cycle as much as possible. So let's take the Arlington example. I think that tornado, I believe, came through on the 24th. The storm cleared. We had already scrambled a pilot with a plane to be outside of the area as the storm came through and cleared. Uh, We collected that imagery, you know, the next day, that morning, and then that imagery was online the next day after that. So we realized that the speed in in our post-cap program is critical, you know, because we realized that there is a, you know, an absolute timing that is important in terms of servicing the customers. So as long as, you know, a storm's not still in the area and, you know, there's no restrictions in the airspace in terms of emergency movement or things like that, we're in as fast as we can and we're turning it around for the customers and putting it online in the cloud as fast as we can. That's what makes it so important. I'm sitting here wondering, are there any integrations with any of the big estimating platforms like ExactWare or CoreLogic Symbility? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. The, the nice thing about being cloud from the beginning in terms of our heritage as a company is we really pay attention to something that we call enterprise grade. And enterprise grade is really building the systems to allow our content to be easy to use and easy to integrate. So we have very sophisticated APIs that can feed this imagery into any system that can accept imagery. So this is you know traditional GIS platforms like an Esri or a Bentley, and you know you mentioned Symbility. So we absolutely you know feed the imagery. So we're not, you know, working to, you know, that's not our core thing. So, but the, the carriers themselves obviously want to integrate it into uh, those systems. So the, the technology is there and open. So not only you can feed those uh, workflows, but there's a lot of carriers that are doing their own AI that need to really process a lot of information. We have APIs to support them as well. That's, that's wonderful. Are you able to produce measurements of a roof from these aerial imagery? Yes, we are. So there's there's actually three ways we do that, uh, believe it or not. One of the ways that we deliver this uh, rich history of imagery is through something we call Map Browser. So picture, you know, firing up Google Earth on your PC. So it's a visualization tool. You can type an address. You can go to a property. And when you're over that property, you not only have access to the the true top-down view, so the vertical view, but you also have access to the bird's eye view or the 45 degrees. So when you're in that top-down view, you know, if you want to measure the square footage of the roof, you absolutely can. And because of the resolution that we're capturing at, we have found that you're, you know, off of a span of a roof, you're plus or minus six inches in terms of your accuracy. We also offer a service because we do 3D models, very detailed 3D models of those structures. We actually create a very sophisticated roof geometry of that property that we offer through an API. Uh, Let's take, for instance, uh, a company like CoreLogic. 
who will take that geometry and create roof reports through a product they call SkyMeasure. So right. that's two ways of measurement. And of course, you can't talk about you know measurement without talking now about auto extracting measurements. And through our AI, I can give you the building footprint, but I can also give you the square footage of that roof structure along with the dominant pitch. The, the space around this is evolving very quickly because depending on where you're at in the process, if we're up front, you know, with a digital experience where you're quoting somebody real time and pre-filling the information, you may just want the quick, you know, database of attributes that you're feeding into that quoting process. You may want to do a different measurement when you're right before the buying process. And after a CAD event, you want the true replacement cost. So the measurements come into play at different uh, different stages. But yes, measurement is absolutely something that people rely on from leveraging this technology. You mentioned InsureTech Partners, and I want to go down that road with you for a minute. Let's talk about InsureTech Partners, and then I have a couple of specific questions that I want to ask you. But just in general, what did you mean there and what are you doing there? That's a great question because InsureTech Partners can be innovative new companies that are kind of disrupting the insurance space as a carrier, but InsureTech Partners can also be the AI vendors, uh, many of, of which you've had on this, uh, on this show, and I've enjoyed those interviews. What I'm talking about is actually both because we service the carriers, but we also service the ecosystem of technology vendors that are bringing solutions to the space. So there's a lot of AI companies out there. Again, you've had a lot of them on the, on the show that are partners of ours that are taking this rich content and doing extraction of property characteristics out of the imagery and putting that together with other data to form solutions for the carriers. So we service both. Yeah, I, I can think of hand of numerous ones who, who captured the outside or the inside and they don't have a solution for the for the roof, but yet they said, don't worry, we have that covered. And, and they probably go to you for that. It's exactly right. And I probably know the company that you're talking about. But yes, that is a, a right on example. What you're saying, if I understand correctly, is that you guys provide a part of the underlying data that they can that they can work from. Absolutely. So we provide all the geometry that's semi-automatedly produced off of our 3D. And then they take that together with other data that they have internally. Hey, what was the weather in that area? What are the number of squares you need, et cetera, et cetera. And they finish off a report and they provide that as a service. Sure, because you guys are providing a very specialized and complicated and expensive data set. Absolutely. To send a bunch of airplanes up in the air equipped with proprietary cameras that I'm sure you guys are running is not something that you just decide you're going to do tomorrow. No, it's not for the faint of heart. And that's why when you look at the space, there's only a handful of people that are really doing this. And then you start asking the questions, how many can match the frequency, the historic captures, the 3D data sets, you know, AI property characteristics, then, then the list becomes even smaller. So no, there is, it's a capital intensive business, but uh, the rewards in terms of the value that we cannot not only bring to the carriers, but to their customers, especially in their time of need is all worth it. 
Tell us about the competition. We, we're familiar from insurance, from our world and claims. We're familiar with like Eagle View as an example. There must be some robust players that you guys are competing with. You know, as I mentioned, really to do this at scale, there's really only a handful of people that, you know, capture the breadth of data that we're doing. But when you really separate out in terms of the frequency, so there's some of the competitors that may capture an area once every two years, sometimes once every five years. You know, the highest places, the highest populated areas, we're capturing up to three times a year. There's nobody capturing it three times a year unless you're a satellite. So manned aerial aircraft at the resolution is kind of unheard of. We brought the business model to the U.S. I remember the first conference we attended, and there was a lot of interest because on the big monitors, the resolution of the imagery, you know, attracted a lot of people. We started telling them our story about proactively collecting, you know, 90 million parcels across the U.S. They kind of walked away shaking their head saying, oh, well, we've heard this story before. We'll see if you're here next year. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, we've been around long enough to see that, too. Yeah, it's a capital intensive business and even more so in in Australia because there's a lot of insurance partners over there. In a place like Sydney, we'll capture that six times a year. And that's just unheard of, but to to monitor the grounds change and to do that for 13 years, it's quite the library of, of information in terms of doing all sorts of different use cases. One of the big questions has always been, well, isn't the day going to come when satellites are going to do all this work? They'll fly over all the property, you know, every day or whatever, you know, however, with a great frequency all the time. Are we going to see that? I mean, it must be something you guys are very aware of. Yeah. So we're right now, we're unaware of that being something that is on the near term horizon, you know, because there's a lot of physics that go into that in terms of getting the resolution from space through the atmosphere to actually do what we're doing. We see aerial you know, as absolutely a key differentiator for well into the future. Now, what we do take a look at is, hey, at what point does it make sense where you may replace the pilot and have the plane flying, you know, automatically rather than having a manned aircraft? So those are things that we take a look at. But but sure. But our space age, what we're doing, and we just announced this as part of our annual general meeting a couple months ago in Australia, we are getting ready to start flying our next generation uh, sensor. We already feel that we're, we're a good five years ahead of anything out there in terms of resolution and efficiency, but this new sensor is going to take us to the next level, and that new sensor will have a trade-off whereby we could fly even at a higher resolution than we are now, so picking out even more ground truth, or we could fly a little higher, keep the same resolution, but start capturing a whole state as an example. So we'll look at the trade-offs in that because, you know, our customers are always trading for coverage versus currency versus clarity, And this will give us great opportunity to have those discussions and serve their needs. So speaking about the future, we saw recently where NearMap raised $90 million. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what are you, what are you going to do with that? That's a lot of money. So that's a great question. You know, what it allows us to do is the things that we've been talking about. So it allows us to lean into growth. The uh, reaction from our U.S. customers and, and, and partners has been overwhelming since we, we started capturing back in 2014. And the uh, U.S. business is very robust and it's growing. And the customers want more. You know, we want more capture. We want, you know, higher resolution. We want more property characteristics through AI. We want more roof geometries. We want more post-claim. So what we're doing is using that investment to lean into growth. So that's through the advancements. You know, I, I started out the whole conversation by saying we're a technology and innovation company. That's the heart and soul of the company. We just right. have to take great pictures but that new camera system and processing system that allows us to capture the millions and millions of photos, turn them around in days time and put them all online so that people can consume them, that's what we're about. So if we can continue the innovation there, but also invest in the sales and marketing to get out to the customers to uh, service them, you know, that's really part of that investment into leaning into growth. Very, very, very cool. So just tell us, how did you get hooked up with NearMap? Oh, that's, a, that's actually a great question. So um, I've always been in tech and uh, it's always been on the predictive analytics and content side. And uh, one of my runs was with a really great company out of Chicago called SPSS. It was a statistical uh, software company that was bought by IBM back in 2009. One of the key product guys who lived in Chicago, after IBM bought us, decided that he was going to live his life down in Australia. He happened to become the head of product for NearMap. Wow. And when NearMap was looking to come into the U.S. and looking for a general manager, Paul just started calling me out of the blue saying, hey, I've got a really cool company that you would be ideal to run and you know create the startup in the US. Are you interested? Well, I was having fun what I was doing and I just you know kept blowing them off. Finally, one day I said, okay, I'll listen. Just show me what you got. And he opened up Map Browser and he started walking through the use cases and measuring and showing the whole history. Immediately, I got it. It's like, wow, not only the imagery, but the power of the intelligence you can extract out of this and do it automatically. My mind, I, I, I tried to go to sleep that night and I couldn't sleep because I was thinking of all the use cases across all the industries that could leverage this. And then long story short, you know, about uh, three months later, I was in uh, I was in Sydney, Australia, interviewing for the job and then the rest is history. That's that's awesome. That's a great story. Right. That's how quickly went down under. I knew we'd find a way to work it in. I knew that. I couldn't and resist. That was perfect. Well, hey, I've enjoyed your guys' show. You know, uh, you make uh, boring workouts entertaining. So I look forward. You know, longtime listener, first time caster. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate the service you guys provide to the industry. It's it's a great show. It's a pleasure. And in particular, it just goes to show you how big this ecosystem of InsureTech is. I mean, you guys are 
an important piece of that complex puzzle that's out there that, and we're a couple of yo-yos who didn't even, didn't even know. Well, the thing about it is you guys, without you knowing, are probably using our service already. Exactly. Because we are. I we, know that we for are. sure. We are. Yeah. You are through our partner ecosystem, but right. you know now that we advance, have advanced the technology, there's a lot of the carriers that are coming to us themselves because they're doing things internally, right. um, you know, because they have differentiation and sensitive data. It's just a natural evolution in terms of the different data that we have brought to, uh, to the industry. So now that you know us, I look forward to uh, keeping you guys updated in terms of what we're up to. And listen, those two free tickets to Australia, <laughs> just stay on afterwards and we'll give you the address, okay? Because, you know, I mean, we, as part of our due diligence, Mr. Quigley, I, I think you guys need a field trip to go, you know, look at the lab where we put the camera systems together. You are I 100% agree. correct. We're excited to get to know you. Would love to have you back on. Maybe it might be interesting at some point in time to have a, a program where we get you as well as some of your partners on at the same time and talk about different solutions and opportunities. But we can we can talk about that down the road. We, we're just thrilled that you joined us today and look forward to talking to you more in the future. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk a little bit about NairMap. Very much uh, look forward to continuing to listen and continuing to interact. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, guys. What an interesting episode. Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, going into this, I didn't know just a whole lot about NearMap, but come to find out, we use their product all the time. It's this underlying source that numerous companies use. In fact, many of the guests we've had on, at least some of the guests we've had on, use their imagery uh, to help help underwriting and, and settle claims. Pretty Pretty cool stuff. Their solution becomes embedded in another InsureTech solution, right. which is an interesting kind of thing that we haven't necessarily come across quite yet. And didn't they say that they've been in business since the since like 1990-something? Isn't that right? Yes. I think 98 I saw. 98. So, I mean, that's a long time to be capturing history. 22 I mean, if, years, right? If you could go back, say, Sydney, where they fly over six times, and if you had all that imagery, I mean, you can really do a lot more than just insurance. You could do some some predictive understanding of what roofing materials will do in the future with sun exposure. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff. I think it's a really, really cool product. We were talking afterwards about maybe doing an episode where we talk with several of the different companies that can all be involved and all be using their data. Mm-hmm. and getting them all together on one episode I think would be really interesting. This was very enlightening, and that's great. I agree. In fact, I saw an email where it had NearMap and some other uh, like-minded insurtechs as sponsors for this little conference going on, and I thought that would be neat to get some of those people together, just like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is not a little company. No. I mean, they just raised a boatload of money. Yeah. They're very well thought of, and they're kind of an underlying data source, like we said. Big deal. That probably, as time goes on, just gets used more and more. Thank you, Mr. Quigley. Thank who's you, Who's not Quigley. down under. No. Unlike the company that's down under, which is all pretty funny. Yeah. 
I'm sure someone's laughing somewhere. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being with us today. Like always, we thank our Cracker Jack production crew. And we thank you most of all for being with us because without you guys who listen to this, there's no reason to do it. So we thank you and we say to you until next time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>